0: If you have not been with us, we're on a journey to talking about how to become more like Jesus. And uh, the um, idea that we are on at the moment in terms of helping us to become more like Jesus. I hope that you are in agreement that that's actually what we are around for, that we need to become more like Jesus. Uh huh. You want to check with your neighbor if they're happy with that idea? And if they're not, just raise their hand. No, don't worry. Um, we're just all together in this pursuit of becoming more like Jesus. And and the idea, what we are currently kind of looking at is is asking one another to help us towards that. So what I'm saying this morning is, please help me. I need to become more like Jesus. And there's a long journey for me that I need to still pursue and be on, and a lot of things that need to change in my life. And and we're saying that to one another and say, please help me. And, And hence the the focus that we're on is, is, is the community of Jesus, the community of God's people are there to help us. And so one of the best things you can do during this preach to help one another is to not talk to one another, but just to focus. Uh huh. That's an absolutely key idea. And, and the other thing is if you see your neighbor on, on his or her phone doing something else that's not taking notes, please help them as well because this is community. All right? We're going to help one another but don't expose them just just help them they'll make a big noise just help them i i was blessed my wife and i we were blessed we we have two sons in south africa um, and one in canada and and obviously because of lockdown we've not been able to see them since march and and so things just worked out for us to go and and see them this past week. And so this, this whole idea of community just became very real to me again this week. Of just some communities. I am part of a community here in Bloo. But there are certain communities that I have not been able to, to experience and, and to be part of. And particularly the community of, of our family. And, and just seeing our boys. And it was just such a delight to be able to see them. And And then, outside of that, we had we, we, we were able to stay with my brother and, and his wife and their family in their house, and so we were part of that community, which is always interesting, but it was great just to be part of what they do and and be part of their lives and we were able to see some other ministry friends, people that are in the church and leading churches, and, and we were able to just experience some moments with them and talk through church and, and be encouraged, and that community was real to us, and then we were able to go to a church gathering and also a, a leaders' gathering of church people, church leaders, and that and was just such a great community moment too, where it was inspiring, and, and many of these personal contacts and moments were also good for us to learn from each other and to be just advised about life in general and about church. So, so community was very real for us this week in that context. And, and the point is, if even if I'd stayed here and been around in below, we would have experienced a dif- that community that's available for us here. And so we want to encourage one another to say, there's community everywhere. And what is community? Community is just really a people that have a certain characteristic or certain things in common, and they say, I, I want to be part of this, I want to be belong, and maybe you've got a community of, of, of soccer players that you, you kind of play, you know, soccer together, or whether it's rugby or, or tennis or, or whatever it is, and that's your community, and, and that's great, you have that thing in common, whatever sport it may be. Maybe there's another community that you have in terms of your community of, of, of fellow colleagues at, at work, where you just, you're you're a community, you share so much time together and life together and you, you become part of each other's lives and, and that's great. And, but our focus really is the community of believers and it's not church, meetings. Because what we invite people to, and by the way, when we do something like Starting Point and we talk about King City Church, we're not encouraging people to come to a meeting. What we're inviting people to is community. And so this morning, the focus is not please come to meetings. They're good, and they're great, and they help, helpful towards establishing community, but really, come and share your life. That's what the Bible actually teaches us about community, and, and so this morning, my focus is, and the title is really this, we created for community. You and I have been created for community. We are not created to be an isolated island and person by ourselves. And by the way, the one thing that, that we have been experiencing for real this year is the threat to community, isn't it? That there's a real onslaught against community. And it's not like somebody somewhere sat at the beginning of the year and said, Ah, we're going to fight community this year. We're going to break it down and, and make you know, it just disappear. No, it's just things happen and COVID obviously came around. And COVID has been very instrumental in in limiting community that's why we felt we needed to go down to see our boys because our community connection with them had been disconnected but when we when we look at the bible which by the way if you love the bible if you love jesus you got to love the bible and if you read the bible you will find the bible is full of community community If you don't like community, then you've got to retract and say, I don't like the Bible, I don't like God. It's going to be that simple. Seriously. If we don't want community, we've got to then say, well, I don't like God because God is the one that prescribes this. There's not an organization in this world that has come out with a philosophy of life that says community is the important thing. It is the Word of God that teaches that. So when you start reading the Bible... Guess what? You're going to be confronted with the reality of community. If you don't want to be confronted with that reality, don't read the Bible. Just leave it. Okay? Have you ever heard somebody say to you from the pulpit, don't read the Bible? I've just said it. Boom. I said, if you don't want to embrace community, don't read the Bible. Because the Bible is full of community. And where does it start? It starts with God obviously, and it starts right in the beginning, in Genesis, and so if you have your Bibles, why don't you just turn there with me, because we're going to just look at this beautiful concept of community, but taking it right from the very, very beginning, where everything else started. Let's start in the very beginning, they say it's a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with, oh, none of you's watched that movie ever, jeez, maybe it's beyond, I haven't seen it yet. Anyway, we see first of all that God is community, so let's just read Genesis 1 and verse 26. It says, God has just been creating things and just gone wild and He's this creative God. It says in verse 26, then God said, let us make a man in our image, after our likeness. How's that? It says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Who was God speaking to? Was He speaking to the trees that He had just created? Or the plants, or the fish, or the whatever? Yeah, 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 I know. I think what you're mumbling is He's speaking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. So immediately from the beginning, there were three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, great community. None of them are threatened by each other. They, they complement one another. They each have a different function. But they won. And we find that throughout Scripture, and particularly, if I may just quickly quote John, John says the same, where, where Jesus says, I and the Father are one. So we're two, but we're one. And then later Jesus says, guys, don't worry. I'll ask the Father to send you Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go and somebody else is going to come take my place. But he's going to be like me. He's going to be another helper, another one like me, because we're one actually. And so since the beginning, there's been this incredible reality and truth that community has been around. Community was not created. Create, community existed from way back. And there's no start of it because God has no beginning. And he has no end. So because God is God, God is community because they're three in one. And it's this very concept that he brings to earth to help us understand. So because God is community... When God then creates, it's one of the things that he does create. And we'll read it next. Because it's from the sense of community that God creates and reveals himself. In chapter 2 then in Genesis. You're going to just stick around Genesis to this morning, hey? so don't worry about trying to page too far. If you've only brought the Old Testament to the meeting this morning, that's good on you. You've listened well. If your Bible does have two sections and two books, then that's amazing. But anyway, normally they don't, but Genesis 2 is where we're going to now, and we'll probably stay there. But Genesis 2 verse 15 says the following, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, that's not after you've created man, to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Say with me, die. It's a big word to say, hey, die. But anyway, there's, um, there's a reality that there's life as well, praise the Lord. So we see here that God put man in, in, in Eden and spoke to him. How's it? It's the first reference to God communicating to man. So they've been communicating, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So community is there. So God takes community and he brings it to earth by virtue of speaking to man and saying, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to commune with you. And the first time ever we, we hear of a language being spoken, I wonder what kind of language that was. God communicates with man. And for us to be able to commune with one another, we've got to communicate, isn't it? How many of you are in marriage and, and there's often a, a battle of communication? And that influences your community, your connection with your wife or with your husband when there's little communication. Uh-huh. And that lack of communication often leads to conflict. But when you bring communication into something, then it, it inc- increases the possibility of community. a so simple advice this morning to all of you. Many of you are married, many of you are not. If you're battling in terms of community and there's conflict, start talking. Start talking to your wife, start talking to your husband, start talking to your parents, start talking to your children. Start talking to your friends. Because God wants you to be in unity with them. And one of the simplest ways is talking. Just some free advice, eh? Just start talking. Maybe that's the best thing you can do before you go for a lunch this afternoon. Let's just talk. Just talk things through. Talk about things that you've kind of just let lie there. Don't start talking now. You can do it after the meeting, right? But just let talking take place. But this is amazing. So, so we've seen that this community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God creates Adam. He talks to him. It's great, great community. Great community happening in that moment. But then we see in verse 18, Then the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone amazingly if you read up to this point in scripture that every time God created he said it was it was good and when he created man he said it was very good he said it was very good because there's something in man that's different than in plants and in animals I hope you've seen that or women for that matter Uh they have a soul and God could communicate and relate and build this community with them. That's why I believe God said it's very good because we're going to be, I made you in my image. We're going to share life. And so God said, after all of this, after He said it was very good, God said it's not good. It's kind of like strange. It's a contradiction in terms, like almost an oxymoron. Is that the right word? Where it's like, man, all of this has been good, but this is not good. This has been very good, but this is not good. It's like, God, that's the first reference to negativity in the Bible. Something being wrong or not complete or not good. God said it's not good. When God says it's not good, probably not good. Hey, How many times do you say it's not good, but actually God said it's good? (laughs) God, this, this this stuff that I'm going through at the moment, in Zimbabwe, hey, it's not good, God. God says good. Don't you call what is good not good. When I call something not good, then it's not good. But don't you come and tell me what's not good, because what I say is good is good. See, That's an amazing thing to think about. Think of the things that are not good perhaps as being good. Maybe this is a time where you've got to say to your wife, you're good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't said that in a while, but you're good. And the other way around, you're good children. You're good children. God said, don't call something that is good, not good. When God says it's not good, you've got to believe that it's not good. But God says it's not good for man to be alone. And all that God had created up to this point, he said it was good. But here he says it's not good. So now we got to stop and say, why is it not good then? Well, he says it's not good that man should be alone. <laughs> note this God was satisfied with Adam It's not something about what Adam did that made him say this is not good he but it was Adam who was incomplete according to God's perspective God created man to be a social being and 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 he needed more of his own around him and so God said that's not good it's not that God oh my goodness I messed up here that's not good <laughs> oh let me go back and and, and kind of Make right what wasn't right. No, God said there's something, that, something more that needs to be done. Something more. And, and I also believe that, that the statement not good was not just referring to the fact that there was no woman around man, but because there was no one else around him. That's big, guys. And girls. Because what we can deduct from that then is, I'm going to be no good until i marry. And if I have been married, and for whatever reason, you know, I've kind of stepped out of marriage, and maybe my wife's passed away or my husband, I'm not good anymore either. That's not what God is saying. He's not saying that goodness only comes when you're married, because then many of us are not good at this moment. Huh? And I know many people that that never marry in life and never have married, yet they've been good. They've been complete. The point is not marriage. Although at that point of time, God created women, and he's like, whoa. Man, that's where the word woman comes from. Because he's like, gee, that's amazing, God, what you created for me. And community came through that. But community is not only found in marriage. And that's why there's such a pressure. This contraceptive thing is big. We've got to understand that there's more behind it. It's destroying the very nature of God's creation. And don't take it lightly. We've got to take it seriously and say, God, we've got to stand up and fight for what we believe is right. We've got to believe in godly community. And godly community equals, for instance, one man, one woman, marriage, sexual relationship. That's where we as a church and where we from the Bible derive our definition of marriage from. Not what the world teaches us. So we've got to understand that this is, these are things that we've got to fight for. So here we see that, that, that God says it's, it's not good that man should be alone. And I believe that God was saying that this was not good, not because there was an absence of a wife for Adam, but because of the absence of community for him. God created him with a sense of social belonging. And he needed someone. He needed to to relate to someone superior, God, but he also needed to relate to someone equal than him, other humans. So God in that context said, we need someone for you. And our need, because that's what is is highlighted here, there's a need that man has. And our need is a need of belonging, not firstly marriage. We do not become complete when we get married. That's a fallacy. That's not correct. One plus one equals one. Not one plus one equals two in that sense. Half of one and half of the other equals one. It's your full, complete in Him, and then you meet somebody who's the same, and that equals a beautiful marriage. Don't go looking for somebody that could add value to your life and, I don't know this, and I, I'm not that. I need somebody to. No, you grow in God, you become mature in Him, and that enables Him to put you together with somebody that's of the similar So often marriages fail, and and they battle because it's too incomplete, human beings, and not because they're bad, but just because before God, they've not found their identity in Him. They try to find their identity in their spouse. And and, and then often people don't want to get married, but they still try to find their identity in somebody else. And and that leads to a lot of sexual promiscuity in this world. Hence, 12-year-old contraceptives. How ridiculous is that? What are we telling our children? That you can't keep yourself from sex. You can't say no. You don't have a free will. You're like an animal. You just need something to protect you from pregnancy. But go wild. Go and have sex. That's not what we can teach and ought to teach as a church, the people of God. So our need is a need of belonging. We have a need. God says it's not good that man should be alone. He needs others around him. And we know that it didn't just stay with Eve because Adam and Eve came together and children came and and hence the nations grew. But the people needed people. And that's where we are today is that it's not good for us to be alone. It can never be good for us to be alone. We kind of find it strange that God would say in the context of this beautiful communion with Him, Him being everything that we need, He says it's actually not good enough. Have you ever considered that? That God said to Adam, Adam, what you have in me is great, but there's something more that you need. And it's not like God is not enough, because He is. But God said, I created you with something to long for people, to be amongst people. So there's a godly seed in all of us to be dependent upon each other God is everything we need when people fail us God will never fail and how many of you know that people fail us I will fail you you will fail me but I do not find my contentment in what people can do for me I find it personally in God but I need you to help me to find my contentment in God I need you to help me to see that God is most important in my life. And therefore, when I disconnect myself from you, I try to find everything I want to find and should find about God just by myself. And it's not possible. That's why Paul writes, and that's what Kilton shared from last week in 1 Corinthians 12. He was speaking about the fact that the body, we, the people of God, need one another. Just at this very moment, you need your neck to keep your head up. All right, don't drop it down because then it means you're falling asleep. Let your neck do the work. All right, keep your head up. You also need your, your eyes to help you see what is standing in front of you. That's why open eyes is a very helpful thing at the moment. Uh-huh. You also need your hand later on when you want to go grab a cup of coffee. And so all these things work together. And that's why Paul says, you know what, guys? The hand cannot say to the arm, I don't need you. The eye cannot say to the ear, I don't need you. I can work on my own. So in a sense, God created us with this intrinsic need to be dependent upon each other. That's why God said to Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. Because later on, Paul will say to mankind the same thing. Don't say to the ear, I have no need of you. I can do it on my own. God never created us to be alone. And may I say this again, marriage is not the only way. And I know that in this context, he says he created women. But marriage is not the only way to address the need for man to be socially connected. I believe church is. I really believe that. And marriage is a wonderful blessing. I've been married almost 32 years now, and, and it's just been a great blessing for us. But that's not the ultimate and the only way to address our need for belonging. So don't look for a companion if you're not married to, to find this place of belonging. Don't put all the effort into your marriage also when, when you know that there are other people around you that can help you. Serve your wife. Serve your husband. But understand that there are friends around you that you, that you need. And you need to be interdependent. That's why God said it is not good. It is not good. question I want to ask you this morning, because I ask myself this question, if, if people are not so important, and I want to disconnect myself from people, how many of us got to know more about God without people? How many of us here this morning would say, you know, I got to hear about God, I got to know about God without anybody telling me. It was just Him and me. And to this very day, I'm growing just Him and me, and, and I don't need anybody I'm fine. The very fact that you are here is an indication perhaps that you're saying I need people. And you know, one of the things, friends, that I want to ask you seriously from our side as elders is that this year has been a great challenge for people to be connected. And still some people are, are in trepidation in a sense because of the COVID thing. And I understand that. I understand that. But what it can do. It can disconnect people in a very real way. And I feel that sometimes we find people being disconnected throughout the season, and it requires us. Can I have all of your attention, please? I want to ask you by looking each of you in the eye and say, if you know about somebody in the church, if you're new in this church, that's fine. But if you know about somebody that's been part of King City, that you know has just been disconnected from community, and it's... And you can see that they're missing out on just, not meetings, but just what God wants to do and what God has. Please reach out to them. Please make an effort to contact them and just not, where have you been? No, just, hey, I want to just find out how you're doing. just want to connect with you again. Won't you be the arm of community? And don't expect the elders just to do that. But let's together be that. Is that okay? Some homework? And so that's just what God said, it is not good. Aloneness or loneliness is therefore not the will of God in life. People need fellowship, and, and that is always the will of God. And that's why it's so important that as a church, we understand that getting people to a Sunday gathering is, is, is part of it, but it's not the complete picture of community. This is not it. And by the way, well done for being here this morning. Congratulations. You've come to a place where we can talk about community. But you know, to take it further than just looking from where you are at me and doing doing worship together is great, but we require an extra step. And that's why we will always, always, I say always, talk about the reality of shared lives. We've got to be connected We've got to be connected with with a real meaningful way and saying, your life is important and I want to learn from you and maybe I can teach you something too, but let's connect. And if you're in a process of considering whether this is a place where you want to belong, I want to encourage you, you will always be challenged with the reality of connection, connectivity, being part of a community. And what we've done over the last couple of months here in, in King City Church is that we've realized that for various practical reasons. People find it difficult to go out at night. We used to have live groups in the evenings. But what we've done is we've asked individuals to reach out to one another and disciple each other. And, and we'd love to help people towards that place of connectivity. And what they do is they connect in various ways, whether they meet or they chat and whatever ways, just whatever is practical for that little group, they do that because we believe in community. This gathering is important, but it has to be taken further. You know, when God created us, He didn't just throw us out into the wide world. He created us in a family where there were parents and there were siblings and there were family, wider family, to help us be raised and become what we need to become. And, but in church, often we, we kind of think, I can, I can grow on my own. I just need to come to a gathering where we kind of just, Get, get given food, and, and then we go home, and I, I can feed myself. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You know, even the fact that Jesus fed the 5,000 one day, and everybody was fed, didn't mean that they never had to be fed again. They went home, and they had to be fed there again. They went home to each different homes. They didn't carry on living like that and always went to a gathering where Jesus would feed them. They had to go home and physically be fed there. And it's the same for us. You can get fed here, but you need to also be involved in a place where you personally feed yourself, your personal walk with Jesus. But you also need to be connected to a small group of people and believers where you feed on each other and you grow together. God said it's not good that man is alone. I want to say to you this morning, it's not good that you're alone. You may be in a gathering, but maybe you're very alone. I don't know. I don't know all of you. But my challenge is, Please don't be alone. Please don't disconnect yourself because you know what? Many of you have got so much to give. And there are others waiting on you to come and give. You think, ah, no, it's beyond my time now. Let the others come in. No, there's nothing like that. You continue giving. Don't cut yourself off. Then lastly, we said that God is community. We said that God creates community. And then we see this unfortunate thing in chapter 3 of Genesis where the devil comes. And what he does is not try to let them eat just of a simple tree, he comes and he defies community. He says, The very thing that I want to prevent you from experiencing is community with God and community with each other. And in one moment, that's lost. Communion with God is lost. And the beauty of their relationship with each other, Adam and Eve, is lost. And since then, there's been something that people had to work hard on. Not trying to restore it, but to trust God to have it done. Because Jesus then came to restore this and to restore that amongst us. So that one moment, the very thing that you and I were created for, was destroyed sin came in between me and God and between me and you and so to this very day the thing that we need to understand that we got to work hard at and receive first of all this is done by Jesus I don't I can't earn it my community with him and my communion with him is possible through what Jesus did on the cross for me I got to believe that I can't work hard for it and try to earn it. And also, my communion with you is determined by who Jesus is in my life. And the more I submit to him, the more I'm able to be humble before you and, and serve you the way that I ought to. The sad thing is, straight after the devil tempted them, and we know what happened in the relationship with God and one another, we see the outworking of that, that their first children. Great community there, hey? One brother killing another. Where did that come from? It came because the communion with God was destroyed. And they did what they wanted to do. And to this very day, what we find amongst each other as being destructive is because we're not allowing God to be the one that He wants to be in our lives. And therefore, I decide what I will be to you. And if I want to be as such, I will. And I will tell you things. And I will destroy and destructively do things through my speech even. Never mind the body and my hands. And so God has come to restore. He said, it's not good that man is alone. And it's still relevant today. It's not a plea for marriage. This is a plea for reconciliation and and community life amongst us as his followers. Amazing thing that, that in Isaiah 61, many of you would know the verse where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. and was prophesying about what Jesus would come and do. Isaiah says this, he says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach the good news. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To restore. And it was always done in the sense of community. That the Spirit of God will come upon people to bring about something beautiful in community. So what God comes to do is always about restoring community. The last verse in the Old Testament, listen to this. Malachi 4 verse 6 introduces us to this restoration of community that will happen as Jesus comes to restore what was stolen way back when. Malachi 4 verse 6 says this, there will come a time when the hearts of the fathers will turn to their sons. And the hearts of the sons will turn to their fathers. A restoration of community. How could that happen? When Jesus comes and He restores community within us, and him, Then we can have restoration between one another. And if you're sitting here this morning and you'd recognize that, man, I don't even have communion with God. God says through His Son, I've come to liberate you from that, 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 that separation. And if you are sitting here and saying, I have very little community with those that I should have community with. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's something that's gone miserably wrong in your relationship here on earth. But God wants to restore that. He says it's not good that man is separated from those he should be connected to. I want to ask you as I conclude after drinking a bit of water. My question is where are you today? Where are you? It says here, It was not good that man should be alone or lonely. Are you lonely? The sad reality is often that people can even be married and lonely. People can be in a family and be lonely. People can be in a church and be lonely. And in a sense, being alone. And we can come to gatherings, but actually we find ourselves lonely. And loneliness is addressed firstly by a a connection, a reestablishing of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning, you've never had that done. And saying, Jesus, I'm disconnected from you. My life, I've done my own, I've lived my own life, I've done my own thing. I want to be reconnected to you through forgiving for admitting of your sins and repenting of it and saying, Jesus, please forgive me. That can happen. That's where loneliness is addressed, first of all. Then secondly, where loneliness can be addressed is you being part of a group of people that want to love you, want to reach out to you. And this is not a kind of like a carrot in front and say, oh, please come and belong to this, belong and be part of this church. It's it's just an emphasis on the value of Of being part of not just a church at large, but a small group of people, men and women, that would like to walk with you and guide you and help you and be helped by you. The second question I want to ask is, are you in any form of community that is growing you? Or are you trying to grow on your own? God said it's not good. For man to be alone. or woman. And if you've not been able to be. Kind of link yourself to a community. This is great. You've all come. But there's something deeper. From here. Where we want to disciple and help one another. Towards growth in God. And maturity in him. That's why we said we want to become more like Jesus. But we need each other. And if you're this morning saying. I need people. Please, we want to help you. you know, just give your name afterwards and say, listen, I want to be part of a, a smaller group. I come to these meetings regularly, but I don't know anybody perhaps even. I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm connected to people where I'm accountable and, and they can help me grow, etc., etc., et and I can perhaps help them. If you want that, please give us your name. Another com- question is, is a community you currently are in drawing you closer to the one who created community or not? If you're part of a community that's not helping you to grow towards becoming more like Jesus, you've got to reconsider your involvement in that community, my friend. And if you're helping them to help towards that, that's great. But if you're part of a community that's actually distracting you and not helping you grow towards what you ought to become in Jesus you got to consider your level of involvement in that community. I'm not saying just continue that completely because people out there need us. But if your prime time is spent with people that do not have the same value that you have and cannot help you towards growth in God, you got to consider your involvement and your level of involvement in that community. And if it's your family, obviously you can't just withdraw your marriage life and husband or wife is not supporting in your... Then you've got to say, God, i Please help me. The Bible so often encourages us to be the light. And you've got to be the light in it. You can't withdraw from certain communities. Oh, the pastor says I can just divorce now because my husband is not saved and my wife's not saved. And No, 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 no. There's nothing like that. Just saying there's certain communities that you have the choice of being involved or not. And if it's not helpful, consider becoming part of one that is more helpful in your growth towards godliness. Next question is Are you in community with those you should be or once were before? Maybe something went wrong. And you know that God's calling you back to that place of community you had with some people. And you've got to humble yourself, perhaps, forgive people. So I'll walk my way back into that community because I know that God wants to use them in my life or use me in their lives. I'll be prepared question that maybe all of us could ask, answer in a positive way is, have you ever been disappointed by community? Most of us have. But don't discard community and say so it'll never work again. Persist. See, again, we can come to a meeting like this, but not be part of community. We can all sit here like you are. Well done. But there's a deeper thing that we've got to push into, and that's godly community. What is currently keeping you from community if you're outside of it? If there's anything in your life that you need to address that's keeping you from it, forgive, whatever it may be, address it. And the last question is this. Are you adding value to your community that you are in or just drawing from it for yourself? Each one of you have something in you that can bless others, can help them build. Don't just go for what you can get. Go for what you can give. And pursue community because you want to add value to other people's lives. Maybe sometimes we think, oh, they can't teach me anything. Well, maybe go and sit and just listen. And maybe start adding value instead of giving criticism. But let's understand that you and I were created for community. And it's the most humbling thing often to say, okay. I will not just be part of the crowd, I'll become part of the community that can speak into my life. It's easy to be part of the crowd, easy to shout things from the crowd, isn't it? But to sit down with two, three, four, five others and listen and contribute and learn takes an extra step. I want to ask you for that extra step this morning towards deep, meaningful community. And if you need to firstly take a step towards community with God, relationship with Him, we'd gladly help you. Please come and ask. If you need to help or need to find a place of community where you can engage with people, please also ask. We'd love to help.